You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Well, I would like to welcome you all again to another episode of In Flow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we are speaking with Alexis Brown. She is a transformational identity coach. And this episode, talking about our identity, is probably going to be unlike any other conversation that you've heard, at least for a long time. So Alexis, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your expertise with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) This is so fun. So usually what I'd like to do is start out with just kind of tell me a little bit about just a little bit about what you do and and go back then to the story about how you came into this space. Okay. So basically with what a transformational identity coach is, is we all have an identity. We all have a self-image and how, how we see ourselves is how we show up in the world. And then in turn, the world responds and that's how it shows up for us. And so for a lot of people, if they have a poor self-image or they have you know, emotional blocks or they have beliefs about themselves that aren't supporting themselves, that is their identity. And everything you think, say, and do gets filtered through that. Yeah. And that's how the world shows up for you. And so a lot of times, and especially in today's world, we have, we, we, we play the victim a lot. Yes, yes. And, you know, and it could be even, we, 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 it might be the government, it might be this, the person next door, our neighbor, circumstances, luck. You know, I just, mm-hmm. I just, I, I, you know, I just have bad luck all, all, of, all of the time. But the problem with that is, is what we're doing is we're taking, respon- we're not taking responsibility, we're pushing it out there. So what happens is in order for our lives to get better, that has to change first. Yes. And it does. What are the odds of that happening? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So all of my work is about creating the this identity of who you truly want to be. Because here's the thing. You're here. You don't like where you are. You want to be here. Right. Well, what and when I ask people what it is that you want, they'll they'll tell me, oh, I, you know, I want to be able to take my kids on great vacations. I want them in school. I want this. I want that or whatever. But that's not really, those things are not really what they want. What they want is how those things make them feel. Yes. And so my work is to take that identity, this got, this identity got you here. It's going to take a different identity to get you here. But what if we took this identity and brought it here into the present moment? Two things are going to happen. 
One, it's not going to matter whether you're here or here, because if you are already in this identity, feeling these feelings, you're not going to care where you are. But the second thing is, if if we are the attraction point in our life, what do you think is going to start showing up for you? All those things that you want, probably, probably even better than you can imagine. Exactly. And oh, so my gosh. That's, that's the basis of my work. <laughs> And I can't wait to dig into this, but I, I, I want to kind of hold that off just for a little bit because I want to get to know a little bit more about you and how you got to this, this work that you're doing now. Okay. So I started out, it was mm, 25, 30, I guess 30 years ago now, almost 30 years ago, we lost my late husband's son. It was unexpected was first ruled a suicide then opened up as a homicide and all of this other stuff. Mm. And needless to say, I don't have to tell you where, where, where my husband went emotionally with that. Sure. And so I found out about this empowerment of listening course, which was a four day course. And I asked him if he would go with me because he was really struggling. I guess we were about a year after, after Jay had, had died and I loved it. I loved it. He got a lot out of it. I got a lot out of it. And there was something inside of me that said, I want to do this. I want to be able to help people. I have a medical science background. Okay. And so I was a histologist for years. I worked with the morgue and I worked with it with the OR. I used to assist in autopsies. And so, but when I when I opened up to this, it just opened up something inside of me and I realized this is the work I wanted to do. So I got involved with that. Then I went to coach you to become a life coach. And then I moved into, well, actually we had moved to New Mexico um, and I had become a life coach. And then I became certified in Theta Healing, DNA 1, DNA 2, Intuitive Anatomy. And then I opened up a day spa and wellness center there. Okay, and um, and then I got involved in EFT. I worked with Dr. Jay Dunn and um, became certified in holistic kinesiology, and then recoding, and it just just kept going from from there and there. And a lot of that work was because I myself had a poor identity, even though I had good grades, even though I accomplished this, even though which we're going to talk about later you know, down the road, um, I still felt that no matter what I did, it wasn't enough. Okay. I was running this program. I am not enough. I don't care if it was smart enough. I wrote two books. They sat on the shelf for years Mm -hmm. because they're not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not creative enough. Right. And um, the more I delved into coaching and, and the modalities that I do, that's when I finally realized what this was about. And so my work um, really streamlined. I'm the emissary of efficiency. If I can okay. find a quicker way without <laughs> losing quality from getting to point A to point B, I don't care if it's in the kitchen, in the car, or in your head, I'll find it. And so I feel that Love I it. have. <laughs> Excellent. So you had mentioned in that story about being an um, entrepreneur. So, you know, being the life coach and then eventually opening your, your day spa, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, if you can look back on that now, talk to me a little bit about, did you, first of all, before this, did you know about identity when you opened your day spa or when you started this, the, your life coaching path? Not really. No. Okay. 
All right. No, so good. I did not. All right. So what I wanted to ask you is now that you can look back on that part of your life, that part of your journey, knowing what you know now about identity, how was your identity showing up for you in your business or how you conducted business? Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Well, number one, I knew I was incredibly organized. I, I knew that I wanted to help people, but I also modeled for a long time. When, when I was younger, even part-time when I, when I was, um, when I was in medical science. And so, um, I loved beauty and I loved, I, I actually became a licensed esthetician. I decided okay. I wanted to open up a day spa and a wellness center. And I was just going to open it up with that because I'm also a, a meditator, but I thought, well, I think I need to really understand what if, if I'm going to be opening up a day spa, I need to know what they're, what they're doing and the ins and outs of being an esthetician, not so much a massage therapist, but even some of that, because I had some of some, when you become an esthetician, you do get some massage. And so okay. I wanted to be, I, I wanted to be versed in it. And so I became a licensed esthetician. Um, I was a meditator. I would bring in people who taught meditation and, and whatnot. And, um, I do, I'm the type of person, number one, I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I can get up and talk in front of people. People think that because you're an introvert, you're shy, you can't, you don't want to be, be seen or whatever, but an introvert really means that I like, um, I, I re-energize. I need to be alone to, to, to re-energize. And so I knew I knew how to bring in the, the the right people. I knew what to do. I don't like being the center of attention, mm-hmm. but I do like to to be recognized, and I do like to pull the people in to to be able to to do it. And so I'd have to say, in one sense, I had no clue what I was doing. Sure, but I also know that I'm someone who give me a, give me a task, give me a job, and then leave me alone. Yes. Don't be breathing down my neck. So. I don't play well with employee employers. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I could relate. <laughs> Unless there's someone who you, you know lets me lets me do my own thing. So I've always had sure. the entrepreneurial spirit in the sense that um I needed to be my own boss. I needed to call mm-hmm. the shots. I needed to um do what I wanted to do. Yeah. So you had mentioned you had these two books that were sitting on the shelf because you weren't, you didn't, you, your identity was that you weren't good enough. Right. Did, other than the books, did that hold you back in your business in any way? Oh, in the beginning, yes, it did. Yes, it did. Because for me, I would get, even though I have, I have clients, I got great results with my clients, but I would become incredibly anxious right before at that time we didn't have zoom i'm 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 talking 27 years ago we didn't have zoom we we did it all on the on the phone or in in person mm-hmm. and i would be incredibly anxious right before i would either get on a call or have a client come come in to me because um it had to be perfect i didn't want to make a mistake this is going to be the time they're going to realize i don't know what i'm doing i have no clue yeah. what i'm talking about right right yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. so your your sense of not enough was showing up with anxiety before you actually delivered your services that Absolutely. you had 
promised, right, to help people. I'm going to get you from A to B and, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So it was showing up for you in, you know, we, we talk about working on our business or working in our business. Right. Right. And so it, it I know sometimes I get those mixed up. So working on, so that's how it was showing up working in your business. Mm-hmm. When you were working on your business, right, building your, your client base, building your, um, revenue streams. Did your identity of not being enough show up for you in those areas? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because also the, with, with that, with that identity and feeling like I didn't know what I was good at once the people came to me, I was not good with going out and, and marketing. You know, I always said, I, I'm not, I'm not a hunter. I was always, you know, bring them to me and I know what to, to do, but going out there and, and hunting, so to speak, I was more the, the, the gatherer, um, mm-hmm. sure did, sure okay. did. I just didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have the confidence right? to go out there and promote myself, so to speak. Because right. in the beginning, for, for me, a lot of my clients, I would have clients who would come in for aesthetics work and they would lay there and we would have a conversation. I'd be working on them and they'd get up and say, wow, man, I feel so much better. Yeah. Because I was in my natural environment. But when the pressure came on to actually perform, that's, mm-hmm. that's when it showed up. That's when it showed up for me. I have to produce now. I have right. to prove my, I wasn't trying to prove anything. I was trying to give them a great facial. Right. But what was showing up was a great coach. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so at that time, again, this was before you knew this work about um, identity, but you had all kinds of other tools and whatnot, right, in your, your, your back pocket. So how did you, I don't want to say, master the art of hunting in spite of your identity? Did you have to, did you make some shifts or did you make some other adjustments? Well, I started, I started to make some shifts. Things were going well. Then the economy hit, mm-hmm. the crash hit. Mm-hmm. And my business, because we had moved to New Mexico from, from the Northeast at, at the time, my business was still growing. But when the crash hit, everybody started, started pulling back. And then mm-hmm. Larry got sick. And then I ended up closing everything up to take care of him. I was still doing some coaching, but not much because I couldn't get my, my head in it. Yep. So I really didn't get into the game until after he passed away. I moved back to the Northeast. I didn't work for, for about two years. I okay. just, um, I don't know. I really didn't. I, we were together for 37 years. It was, it was wow. really, really difficult for me after, yeah. after he passed away. I mean, we, we were best friends. We had, we enjoyed each other's company. Um, and so it took me a couple of years, but when I went to come back into the coaching arena, it was entirely different because social media was starting to come in and, and, and take over. Packages were being sold. Group coaching was coming in. I didn't, I didn't do group coaching. I, you know, I didn't even think about group coaching when I, when I was doing it. And so, yeah, it, it was difficult on top of that. I also, and this is, this, this is what was interesting is I'm now on my own. 
See, before, when I was out there and doing things, I could kind of play with things. If they didn't quite work out, that's okay. I had him to back Mm -hmm. me up. Right. So I could, I could play, but I was also working on myself. But what here's, here's the key. What I didn't realize is because I had a tumultuous childhood and, you know, and I I don't want to say, you know, I, I had a bad, we've all had stuff in, in, in our childhood. Sure. Um, and so there was a lot of programming, a lot of, a lot of beliefs. And so I was working on myself for, for years and in all my modality, I was a meditator, um, but I didn't realize because of him being in my life, I didn't go as deep. I didn't feel that I had to, you know, I felt secure. I felt sure. safe. I felt this, I felt that. And once he passed away and I started stepping out into the world again, it was like, oh my God, I've got all this work still to do. I mean, all this stuff was, was showing up that wasn't showing up before. So I still had a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, and that that in and of itself was quite quite an eye opener. I bet it was. It's one of those things that I think sneak up on you because you know you you think you're in this good space. You're doing your work. It's it's you're you're growing. You're you're progressing. Um, And then to have that whole safety net kind of pulled out, and now you're standing there on your own. Now you really get to know what, where are those gaps, right? Absolutely. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like, I remember my son who, who had, he was like in his early twenties, he, he had finished school. He's in his early twenties. He's playing the stock market and he's doing really well. And he thought that he wanted to go into um, becoming a stockbroker. Okay. And he talked to someone who was a, a friend who was involved in it. He said, let me tell you something. It's one thing playing in it. It's another thing making a living at it. You need to make sure that you. And so um, Seth decided Seth decided not to. Because when you finally, when you realize that, you know what? This doesn't work out. There is no net. There is no nothing. Right. This is, this is, you're it. It, it's it's an entirely different game that we're playing. And that's where that identity comes in. Because if you have an identity that, it, yeah, I'm, I'm good, but I'm not quite good enough, but that's okay. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm good, but I'm not good enough. Uh, maybe I'll skip on that. <laughs> maybe you, right. Do you know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're saying, you know, I, and I've asked myself some of these same questions too, because I have a safety net and, sure. you know, I'm asking myself, like, am I pushing myself as hard as I would if I didn't have that safety right. net? Right. And I'm probably not. Honestly, I think the true truth to that would be, no, I'm not. Um, but I think, again, that the whole bit about awareness and like, no, I, I'm really not pushing myself as hard as I could is the first step, right? Absolutely. So the other thing that I guess um, stands out for me in this experience that you're talking about and, and the safety net and having that pulled out and then realizing like, oh my gosh, I thought I had worked on all of this and I haven't. There must, was there ever a time where you just felt so completely alone? Oh, I did. Oh, I went through, I went through quite a depression. Yeah, I, I went through a depression. Um, I burned out. Um, at, at one point, and I, I went, I went through quite a, quite a depression because I thought, I don't know if I can do this. I just don't know that that I can do this. 
And the saving grace for me is when I got that it is truly about trust. Okay. Not just trusting in yourself, but trusting in the universe, God, whatever it is that you, that you want to, want to call it. You truly, and that's that, and it, and it truly is, I I call myself a a transformational identity coach, but it's, it's a, a, a trusting identity. You really have to get to that point to where you you trust. And, and, and here's the thing. It might, it's not trusting that it will work out the way you picture it. Right. It's trusting that whatever's going on is where you're supposed to be or what's supposed to be happening. Right. I, I and, love the phrase, like, uh, life is happening for me. Absolutely. It's not absolutely. happening to me. And that's, that's the, that's the tough part. I mean, that's really the tough part. So I want to kind of talk about this and, and we can put a pin in this if we need to, but it seems like there's a connection. I'd, well, I'd like to hear your take on what, do you see a connection between our self-identity and our willingness or ability to trust? Um, yes, I think it is part, it, it is part of, of, of your identity is that ability to trust because somewhere back in the, and this is the work is finding that core belief of, of why you don't trust. What is that core belief that is blocking you from taking that next step or making you feel that you're not enough and everything has to be perfect in fear of, of making a, a mistake. That is part of the, the identity. You're filtering everything through whatever that core belief is. It right. is influencing everything you think, everything you say, everything you, you do. And a lot of times we don't realize it until we really start getting in there and finding out what, what that is. And it's awareness and focus. Focus creates reality. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Okay. Whatever it is you're focusing on. So here's what I, I like to, to, to tell people. If you, if you remember nothing else about their subconscious, remember this. It is the most powerful goal-achieving mechanism known to man. It truly is. If you've got something in that subconscious and you're not aware of it, it's running you. Yeah. And you won't, you, you, you won't even know it. And I use exactly. the example with, with people because you have your consciousness, which we're, we're using our consciousness right now. And then you have the subconscious. The consciousness travels all the time. You can use your imagination. You can go back to last week and pull up stuff. You can think about the future and pull up stuff. But the subconscious is in the present moment 24-7. If I asked your subconscious, when did you learn to walk? It would say today. It doesn't have a time element. Right. And so what a lot of people don't realize, and, and I will see people nodding their heads and grinning all the time. I'll say, how many of you have ever been, you're driving along, you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden you're looking around saying, oh no, where am I? Did I miss my turn? Who's yeah. driving? It's not the conscious mind. It's off on some thought somewhere. It's the subconscious that's driving. It's that program memory. We do this 95% of our day, unless you start really becoming aware. And I think that goes back to the efficiency bit. I think our unconscious mind is is wired for efficiency as well. Mm -hmm. Survival and efficiency. Absolutely. It's going to, it's going to take that. It's always there. It's, it's always there to protect. It's not doing, it's not there to do you harm. It's there. It's a program that you had when you were a child to protect you. 
Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as we become adults and we no longer need it, it's not protecting us. It's blocking us. Exactly. And it's like a fish swimming in water. It, it is just so part of our identity. We don't even recognize Absolutely. that it's my own belief. And, and I love what you're saying, too. You've said it a couple of times now about, you know, coming from our identity, uh, we that filters our experiences, the information that we even get, because a lot of the information, right, there's so much information coming at us that our conscious mind is only able to, you know, take a very small bit of this, but unconsciously, we're taking it all in. And I think that that unconscious mind then is filtering out, well, this is relevant information, this is not relevant information, and this is the information. I mean, for us, right? Well, we're filtering, yes. We're filtering it out so it looks like truth because we don't see that there's there's no other boundary, right? It's just this is true. And this whole idea that, you know, we are, we're filtering our experiences through our identity and the, our identity is bringing, is reflecting back to us who we are. Right. Not who we could be, not who right. we want to be, but who we are right now. And it's that self-fulfilling cycle. Prophecy. Like, it's ex- yes. It's a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Yes. Yeah. So I love I love your your two um your your hands up too, like where I am now and where I want to be and bring where and who you want to be. I think who I want to be is is a, a powerful question. Who is that and how can I bring it now? Because again, the subconscious, there is no time. It's just right now. Right. And so I don't have to wait to feel this. I can feel those things now. Right. And so here's what most people do. They, this is what they, this is where they are. This is what they want. And so they're going to take this identity to here. Nothing's exactly. changing. Exactly. Which is why people who, you know, they finally have, they finally have that success or they have that great house and they have this, but the novelty of, of the materialistic things wears off and they're still not happy. They have everything they want and they're still not happy because this identity hasn't changed. Right. And when, and they have no idea why. Like I followed right. all of the rules. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I, I excelled at it and I'm still here. I used to walk around with a mantra, what's wrong with me? Nothing works. (laughs) Literally. I used to, I walked around like that for for decades. What's wrong with me? Nothing works because of filtering everything in and how, and, and how everything was, was showing up for, for me. I just stayed in this loop and could not find my, you know, like in this box and this, this box that kept turning this loop and I couldn't find my way out of it. So talking about identity, again, at, you know, at the top of this conversation, we talked about this is, you don't hear a lot of people talking about identity, mm-hmm. talk about mindset, talk about meditation, we talk about a lot of those things, but we don't get to the core of that identity. And just as we've been talking about, that identity colors everything about what we see and colors what's going to come back to us. Right. So... And we've kind of talked a little bit about when we are not, and and help me say this correctly, but it sounds like when we're not clear on who we are or who we want to be, we're going to be stuck in this loop of who I am, and I'm going to bring who I am into my next experience, whether I'm achieving my goals or I'm not, It's I'm still me, 
And I still don't have the feeling that I thought I would have when I got to this goal or this result. Is there any other way that you would describe kind of that, that the pain of not, is it not knowing our identity and not leaning into our identity? I think for a lot of people is they really don't know what they want. They, they, they know material. They, they, like I said, they think it's the house, but they really don't know their, what I call a true choice. Okay. And so, yes, I could say I want to be, be a coach. I want to be mm-hmm. a transformational coach. That's, that's my true choice, but it really isn't. That's the effect of my true choice. Okay. My true choice is I want to be able to create change, positive change for thousands of people. That's right. my true choice. I want that. I want to be fulfilled. I want to be purposeful by changing, helping others to change who they are. I want to help others to be joyful. I want to help others to find their true choice. That's the true choice because that true choice that might show up as a coach. It might mm-hmm. show up in a, in a book. Mm-hmm. I could do that working in a little boutique somewhere. I don't know how it's going to show up. Maybe it's all of the above. You know, I, right. I, I don't know. It could be doing podcasts, but whatever. And so your, your, your true choice, it doesn't box you into, into one thing because your true choices, you could be, I could be in a grocery store in an aisle talking to someone and that person, I can see they're impatient or whatever, and they make mm-hmm. a statement and I can pick up on something and say something to them that can completely change their attitude, even yeah. if it's only for a moment. Sure. That moment can be expanded. That person could walk out of there with a different attitude and change someone else's attitude. That's the true choice. Is that then equivalent to your identity? Yes. Yes, because okay. my identity now is to is 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 to be purposeful in 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 creating change for for someone in in to to help someone be in a better place. Mm-hmm. So whether it's in a, in for an hour and a half or an hour and fifteen minutes or for six months of coaching, whatever, or for that one little moment of that person in that grocery store right. that just needed someone to recognize that they're frustrated just to just to feel like they matter for a moment Um, that's the identity is there a connection between the identity the way we're defining it now and what our purpose is um I think your purpose that's a good question I never really thought of that question so is does your identity define the purpose or does the purpose define the, the identity? Um, I, I believe it, the, it's the identity that defines the, the, the purpose because number one, the identity has to be the identity of someone who believes in themselves and who trusts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. someone who has released a lot of the, the negativity so that you can um, find what does make you feel good. Because a lot of times, when we have the identity, say someone who is, is just bummed out or burned out or feels like no, nothing is working for them or, or whatever, they're going to reach for outside 
stimulants, whether it's Netflix marathons or that third glass of mm-hmm. wine or going out and doing whatever, never being alone with themselves or, or whatever to try to make up for something that they're not feeling from within. When you begin to feel comfortable with yourself, trust yourself and really know who you are. Now you're, you're, now you're able to see how do I expand that out? You're expanding you out. Your purpose is not defining you. You are defining, you're expanding out to your purpose. That's how I see it. Well, and that's, I love this conversation because I've, I've had countless conversations with clients and peers and, and wanderings within my own head too about purpose. What is my purpose? You know, sometimes we call it the big why. And, and there's something about, I don't know, just asking people, what is your purpose or what is your big why? Like, there's this wall, like, I don't know. I really don't know. What I heard you say is to start with figuring out what makes you feel good. Yes. Your purpose yeah. is to feel, is to feel joyful, is to feel happy, yeah. is to, is to feel at peace. To, for me, that's all the, the culmination of everything that, that I have learned is my purpose is to feel good right here and then expand that out. And embrace the unknown because sometimes the people say, well, I don't know what that's supposed to look like. We'll start mm-hmm. here and let's see what begins, what shows up. Exactly. And when you trust, then you can embrace the unknown. I mean, I've been in some pretty precarious situations. When I left New Mexico, I literally left with nothing. Every bubble, every dream, everything had been burst. Sure. Everything. And I left having no clue where I was going from there. And it was just a matter. One thing I knew I had to take this one day at a time. And yes, I went through a a depression. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was also an inner knowing somewhere that somehow something's going to show up and it's going to work out. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know why. And I just knew to keep... I had to keep working on me. I had to keep working on 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 me. It has to come from here. It's never going to come from out there. Which is why people say, oh, I just want to win a million dollars. Yeah. And they do, and they end up worse off than they are. It's, it's not the million dollars that's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. People say, I'll be happy when. No. When will happen when you're happy first. Right. The way I hear you describe working on yourself or, you know, you know, kind of whether it's you or others are working on themselves. Sometimes I I just get this feeling like there we're we're dealing with a muck, right? I'm working on myself. I got to go in and clean out all the muck, everything that's there. But when I hear you talking about working on myself, what I'm hearing and may not be what you're saying is where do I feel good, right? And and how do I keep how do I keep leaning into what makes me feel good? And then as we're leaning into what's making us feel good, all of the other muck is going to show up for us as a barrier. But then we can just see it as, oh, well, that's keeping me from feeling good. Let me clean this up. Let me wipe off right. this countertop real quick, right? right? So I can get back to this feeling of, of feeling good. I like clean countertops. <laughs> yes. And so it, it all comes down to self-love. Yes. And, yeah. and love is the highest vibrational frequency there is out there. Mm -hmm. And so I don't say this lightly because I was the type of person that 
when I was really digging in and and looking, reading, I would pick up a self-help book or pick up this book or watch this, whatever. I picked up a book and it started to talk about, well, you have to love yourself. Close it. Yeah. Push it aside (laughs) because I wanted more, I I, I wanted better content than I wanted real self-help content. You know, I, I did not, don't talk to me about love. Do not, because I couldn't hear it that my identity was, I wasn't lovable. So exactly. all the self-love stuff did not, it, 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 I, I couldn't let it in exactly. because everything was filtered through that. I didn't trust it. I didn't believe in it, mm-hmm. anything. And what's interesting now is I, you know, I, I not only realize that, it, you know, I am lovable, I am love. That's exactly who I, I am. And so yeah. even when I'm an EFT practitioner and mm-hmm. when I we do EFT, we bring love into the equation because what they have found is those synapses become glued shut, okay? And okay. so you have this negative thought and all it's doing is it's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It can't get out of there. When you start breathing in and bringing love into the equation, it's, it's, it begins to melt the, like, it's like a glue on those synapses so that they now open up and now you can have that new thought. You can have that new belief. You've just opened yourself up to a whole other way of thinking and being. And that's the whole thing. It's about who you be. And so if you start to lead with making yourself happy, it's not a selfish act because exactly. if you're happy, you're going to want to make the other people help to make the other people around you, around you happy. And so we have to start being selfish, not self-centered, not self-absorbed, but selfish. We have to take care of ourselves first. Yeah. I heard it uh, described as, again, in contrast to being a selfish act as a sacred act. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's that 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 self-love and and the way also the way you describe, you know, my purpose is to love myself and then when I'm loving myself, now I've got love to give to others. Mm-hmm. I don't have to wait for others to love me so that I can love them back and all of that. If I love me first, now I'm full. I'm full of love and and I can't whatever my particular skill or or gift is, right? This is how I give love back to my community or, or the universe, however you want to say that. So, um, and I can't quite remember. It's the reticular. What is it? Activating Where, system. Yes. And mm-hmm. so whatever, whatever you are resonating from within and whatever you are focusing on is what you're going to see. Everything in this world is a perception. It truly, it, it truly is. And so if you're focused, like I said, focus creates reality. So if you're focusing, you know, if you're run by your negative beliefs mm-hmm. and that's, and you're, and that's what you're focusing on, that's what you're going to start seeing. If you're focusing on the world is not a safe place, that's mm-hmm. how the world's going to show up for you. You're focusing on, on, on what you want to be grateful for, what makes you happy, what fulfills you, how loving you feel, then that's what's going to show up for you. Um, neuroscience, I don't do it. I don't get involved in anything that's not backed up by science. I would love to say I don't have to say it to believe it, but I do. 
Um, okay. Although in my meditations, I've seen some things that I can't explain. I have no clue what they are, but been there. And so has opened up more, more doors for me because I'm a Joe Dispenza student. But mm-hmm. um, getting back to, to neuroscience and, and gratitude, they have learned that just asking the question, what do I have to be grateful for, changes your brain chemistry. Of course, right? You know, you're looking for something different than what you... Mm-hmm. So I find stuff like that amazing. I really do. I do too. Well, tell me, okay, so I, I'm imagining, um, you know, we're kind of all in these self-fulfilling uh, loops, right? Uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but if we're in these in really deep, we may not be able to see, right? Just like you cast off the self-love books. Give us a, a glimpse of maybe some stories about some clients or, or some stories that you've heard about people who have made that shift, right? They've made that shift of their identity. So w- what is possible when we align our energies with our true identity, right? Uh, that, that identity of love. Well, it's unlimited, number one. But I'm going to give you an example of, and it's when you were, when you were, asking what popped into my head is I work with, um, I've had a, 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 a client I've worked with. Um, she is a general in the, in the military. She okay. wasn't when I met her. Um, she's done several tours, Iraq, Iran, whatever. Um, came back a, a, a mess physically, yeah. health wise, emotionally and, and whatever. But she wanted to become a general. She knew that was that was her her calling, and so I would, you know, we would work together in the coaching end. Then she had a doctor that was helping her put her body back together or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were talking one day because she also she had the the imposter syndrome of you know just not feeling like whatever she did was was enough, always questioning her herself. And she developed this whole program for the, the military. I mean, she's changing the face of, of, of the military, bringing in a softer side of it. But she went to her boss, who was a three-star general, and she said, do you mind if I do this, this, and this? And he said, I don't care what you do. You've proven your, yourself to me as long as you're honoring the badge. And I said, okay, you are the badge. Right. You're not wearing a badge. You are the badge. And that's, that's when it woke, when it, when she woke up, like, oh my God, yes, that's who I am. And so for, for people, it, it's, it, 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 it's different. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, uh, I have a, a, a friend, she's a little Hispanic. She's just now getting her PhD. She has been an, a NICU nurse. She started in, in high school um, going to, to nursing. She was teaching nurses and doctors, but because she was a nurse and because she was Hispanic, they mm-hmm. they just, they wouldn't take her seriously enough. I mean, she struggled and, and whatnot, and we've worked together. She's now getting ready um, for her, her, her PhD. Um, it should be, she should be finished in the next year. She is going to be literally changing policies for, hmm. um, and advocating for patients 
mothers and and infants. And but it was just for her, it was more a, a matter of she was caught up because she was Hispanic and how mm. she was treated, and she was a female and she was she was a, a, a nurse. And mm-hmm. She's working for a major corporation right now, and I won't. I, I'm, I won't go into the details. They're like, okay, this is what we're going to have you do. This, 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 and this. And she said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. She said, no, we are not. She said, well, you know, we, 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 we. They, they had made all these plans for her or whatever. And she said, have any one of you ever thought about discussing what I want in this in this okay. job? And she called me. She was all excited. I'm, I'm sure I'm making everything short, but she called me and she said, I kept thinking, who is this person that's talking to them? I said, that's the new identity that's talking to, to them. She said, I walked in there thinking, you know what? It's either going to go this way or I walk. And she said, that's exactly what I told him. You want, you want me in this job? This is how it's going to go. Because she found out that the man who had the job that they wanted to put her in was making 200000 more a year than what they were offering her. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great example of, um, you know, identity from, from external sources, right? Of how others see her because she was a woman or as a nurse or as Hispanic. And um, was there anything different that you did with her to address external identity kind of impositions? Well, the biggest thing was is finding those core beliefs and and for her to have that trust with with within herself and to know that no matter how it went down, it it was it it was all going to work out. She was ready to walk away from this job. Yeah, and I mean this this would have been a good job. She's I, she wants to be. She could get a job right now as a, or once she gets her PhD as a speaker, mm-hmm. pretty much, pretty much anywhere. Okay. Does she need the job? E- yes and, and no. She'll survive. You know, she's got enough mm-hmm. savings or whatever. But like she said, I didn't save to spend it on because I quit my job. But the biggest thing was, is she walked in there knowing who she was and trusted that identity and said, look, this is the way it's going to be. If you don't like it, I, I respect your, your, your choices and your decisions, but I also respect my own. And right. You know, not arrogantly, but it was like, take it or leave it. Yeah. I, I love that story because again, I, I, I see it as a story of how we, how, Sometimes there are I, uh, people put identities on us. They they label us based on their own experiences, right? And then kind of hold us in, especially if there's people of power in a in a work situation, right? Mm-hmm. If there's biases and and they can hold you in in particular roles or or keep you from getting the salary that you deserve. And yet in this example, she didn't have to change anybody else's ideas or of who she was. It was all inner work. Absolutely. Absolutely. To me, that's the most powerful bit about this is that we don't need to wait for someone else to change. We can do this within us. Right. Well, I mean, my son is, is, is another example. He just, he just left a a job without going into the, into the details. Something went down that he really felt was out of integrity. Okay. He, he, 
he called me and he he said, "Mom, he he said I cannot go along with this, and this mm-hmm. is this is this is from the owner of of the company." And he said, "I can't." He said, "I can't do it." Mm-hmm. And he walked in and he said, "I will not be moving forward." He had nothing lined up, and I sure. said, "Are you sure you want to do this?" He said, "Something will show up. Something else will 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 show up." And I thought, "Oh my God, my job is done." Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that is a beautiful day. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a great. I mean, he just and sure enough, I mean, he just he just had a four four hour interview with a job that suits him even more and that he's really excited about. And I mean, we'll know whether he gets it or or or, or not. We don't know yet, but that came within two days of him leaving this this job, this opportunity. Someone called him and said, "You need to, you need to get in here and interview." It. So yeah. Wow, this is this is phenomenal. So let me kind of recap kind of where we've been. Um talking about our our identity and and how our identity influences the way we experience what's happening to us and what comes back to us. Right? It's, it's attracting, we're attracting that back to us. Um, and that who we are, regardless of the results or outcomes or whatever we want, if we're not changing who we are, we're still going to f- be who we are right. with these these new things. And we're not going to feel what we thought we would feel with those winnings, whatever those winnings are. Right. And the on the flip side, when we can get to this identity and feel whatever this is that we're looking for, that feeling of love... Um, really the opportunities are endless at that point. Because again, the universe is, is bringing back to us what we're putting out there. Right. And always remember the universe is a lot, it's, it's a loving universe. It is. I mean, it truly is. Well, right. what is it? What doesn't show up as loving is what we, what, what we, we block it. Right. That's that perception. So, yes. So could you then wrap up for us a few tips uh, if if you if the listener finds themselves kind of in this feedback loop that isn't uh, feeling good to them right now, what are some things they can do to start to shift out of that so that they can get into this space of uh, unlimited unlimited? Well, the first thing is a self care. You 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 have you have to start with 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 self care, um, and people will say, "Well, you know, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that." There are excuses. You have to t- because if you don't take care of yourself, that right there is a message that you're not worthy enough to right. take care of. So, what's going to keep showing up for you? So, self care oh, wow. is important, yeah. and included in self care is setting boundaries. You have to start saying yes to yourself more and no to 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 others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second the second thing is is you really have to focus and stay aware of your self talk. Mm-hmm. Your self talk is going to give you so many clues. What what comes out of you when you get squeezed? What comes out of you when you get angry or you get frustrated or you get fearful, you, you know, what, what do you say to yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to say, I used to ask all the time, what's, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Nothing works. And of course, nothing worked. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's <laughs> you know, what you're putting out there. Absolutely. It's almost like what you were asking for. Absolutely. Not knowing that you were asking for that. Yes. 
And I used to also say, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of this. I end up with burnout. You want to talk about tired? Yeah. I mean, burnout, burnout's pretty, pretty, people don't really, you know, when you put, oh, I'm burned out, oh, I'm burned out. But true burnout is, is, is really can be debilitating. And yes. so it's, it's self-care, it's self, it's, it's paying attention to self-talk. Um, and it's finding ways to empower yourself. And so in part of that awareness is really tuning into what depletes you of energy, what gives you energy. I'm an introvert. Being around a lot of people when I'm to re-energize doesn't work for me. I need space. I need to be alone. I need to meditate. And sometimes meditation is just going home, sitting with a cup of tea in a quiet space and just letting my, my thoughts wander. For someone else, no, people, activity or whatever will energize them. That's the, that's the extroverts. So there's no one size fits all. Right. And the last, and this is the one that while they're, 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 it's, it's kind of, they, they go hand in hand um, to accept where you are. Just, just accept where you are in this moment. Don't judge it. Don't, mm -hmm. it, it, you might not like it, but don't judge it. This is where you are and trust really. Yeah. To really have to trust that where you are is where you're supposed to be. It could look like the darkest place, but sometimes um, that's that's the catalyst that 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 springboards you from the bottom of that that pool in the deep end to the surface. And like I said, I'm a Joe Dispenza student. I've done all his workshops. I've done his week long um, retreats. And he will talk about people and have people live talking about their story. And all of them said once they got on the other side, they wouldn't change what they went through for anything okay. because that's actually what got them to the other side. So accept where you are and trust that it's right where you're supposed to be. There's an answer there for you. You just, but the more, if, if, if you fight it, Try to push it down. Try to push it away. Try to hide or numb yourself from it. You're you're just what we resist persists. I'm sure yeah. your audience has all heard that, but maybe this will help them to really integrate what that means. Wow, what what an amazing conversation! I mean, we went into some really deep topics mm -hmm. today, and and the way that you. Um, describe and communicate is just so clear and it seems so accessible and so available. Um, I, I feel your, I feel the love that uh, you are sharing and, and putting out there for us. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really grateful to you for Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. So where can our listeners find you? Well, if they want, they can, they can, Go right to my website, which is journeywithalexis.com. If they, if they would like a calendar pops up, they can have a 30, 30 minute free consult with, with me to talk about, you know, what it, what's going on and to find out if I, if, if we're fit, um, yes. to, to work together. Some people, some people get in there and they just, they don't, they still don't quite get it and they, they want a quick fix. Right. I'm here to tell you there is no quick fix. 
There's a more efficient way of doing things, but there, there truly is no quick fix. Um, no shortcuts. <laughs> if you learn to accept and trust, boy, it sure makes the, that, that journey so much more smoother and more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Or if they just, if they want to, if they just want to email me direct, it's Alexis at journeywithalexis.com. Wonderful. Well, Alexis, I um, am very grateful for what you've shared with us today and, and the love that you shared that with. And thank you for, you know, setting this side, this, this time aside for us. Oh, thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Truly. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.